Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. My guest today, award-winning email marketer, my, uh, my, my Zoom friend and acquaintance, Scott Cohen. Scott, welcome. Thanks for having me, Matt. Glad to be here. Yeah. Finally. Yay. Yay, we get to talk about, about email. And, and you're the director of email CRM stuff at Smile Direct Club now, right? Yeah, yeah. So lead conversion is the big goal, top funnel. So got email, got SMS under my belt now. Um, okay, cool. We can talk about little, that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, get, getting into some push as well. So, you know, I, I'm, hey, I like to say, learning new stuff every day. It's exciting. Now, I, I, have, I have the virtue of some, uh, some time and acquaintance with you, but also uh, cheating by reading back through your uh, LinkedIn page. I mentioned it, but I, I think it's worth highlighting. You were last year's uh, Stefan Pollard award winner. You're like top dog email marketer of the year last year. I was. Yeah. You know, it's was that a surprise. It was. Yeah, it absolutely was. I was like, really? Okay, great. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think what you find with email marketers in particular is we're really good at just doing our jobs. And we what? kind of forget about tooting our horn, you know, like we're, yeah. I, I, I think I've seen other people say it, but I've said it too. Like we're kind of the offensive lineman of marketing, right? Like nobody says anything that nobody says your name unless something goes wrong. But if, but you, it's, re, you're required to make the offense work. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, yeah. It's, I'm going to take your analogy and run with it. Cause actually if, 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 if there was going to be a poster of, of, uh, you know, prototypical email marketer, my wallet might well have your face on it. Cause you never get ruffled. Nah. You always have like a zillion things going, but it's just like, yeah, it's okay. You know, like a duck swimming really hard underneath, but it's all, but. It's, oh yeah. The feet, the feet are always going underwater. <laughs> yeah. Always. The feet are always going underwater. Yeah. But your analogy about the offensive lineman, I, I, I'd extend that and say, you know, email in the digital era still seems like the, like the front line, the contact point of, of, of marketing and where the, you know, where the game really starts. And, and at the same time, it's still kind of the, 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 the oddball, the not sexy, you know, not the odd man out, but, but definitely not necessarily what, when you say marketing, what people think of. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, and it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, how many times have you been in conversations with people and ran people you don't know? And they go, what do you do? And I go, I do email marketing. Yeah. They go, oh, you send me spam. Right. And then I go, no, I send you the stuff you signed up for. And, you know, they go, oh, yeah. I said, I don't, I don't send that other stuff. But then, like, people just assume. Mm. I mean, it's classic marketing 101, right? Like, that by the time you're tired of it, somebody's finally picking it up. <laughs> and, you know, I was a copywriter in a previous life. I, you know, I pay attention to TV ads. I pay attention to that stuff. And by the time I get tired of it, which is a lot sooner than probably normal people. It's like, that's when it's finally starting to get through to people. And I think email is kind of the same way. I think mm. there's, like I said, it is like the offensive lineman because you, there's expectations for how it's supposed to work. And it only becomes a problem when it doesn't work how people expect it to. And, 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 how, and how it doesn't work in quotation marks can mean any number of things to any number of people, right? So, you know, my wife you know, to this day will come to be like, so you probably, this is probably on purpose, but I got X, Y, and Z from this company. I'm like, that's absolutely on purpose. And then sometimes I go, oh, I bet they don't even know that's running. Like, mm -hmm. like there's so many elements to an email program that, and there's so much changeover, right? Like 
this industry, there aren't many of us, Matt, there aren't many of us people who stick around <laughs> because like you said earlier, that the sexy part isn't here. The sexy part is in other channels. It's in, because email is still so cheap. I mean, the number of meetings I'm on where the 75% of the conversation is about budgets and paid social. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's because we don't spend money. You know, we're an operational expense. Well, that, that may be, I mean, you may have just hit on one of the root cause reasons why email isn't, isn't, isn't the sexy marketing It's because it isn't, it, there isn't someone going, pay the gatekeeper a lot of money to even say hello. Right. It's, yeah. you know, chunkity chunk, chunkity chunk. It's, uh, um, and because we all, I think because we all day to day, <laughs> minute to minute, receive and send and read. Emails like, oh, I do that, so I know what Scott does. Nah, -uh. <laughs> just because I hit send on an email, right? It's like it's nothing to do with your job. It's like copywriting. People, everyone thinks, oh, I can write. I can be a copywriter. I'm like, mm, it's a little different. Like, it's a little. Like you, you cut your teeth as an intern at J. Walter Thompson. Talk about oh, a great place to start. Yeah, copyrights. Yeah, it was it, that was more like account management type stuff, you know. The I mean, God, that was two thousand three. Wow, <laughs> um, two thousand three. Yeah, I mean, spent a summer doing you know commuting into Washington D.C. from Northern Virginia. You know, built reports, did you know, whatever was necessary. Wanted to cut my teeth and yeah. did that for a bit, and then went. No, I actually want to do writing rather than that stuff, and so. Yeah, I was, I was writing six to 10 TV and radio scripts a day wow. in wow. my beginning years. It was a small, small ad agency in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where I went to school at James Madison. And um, they did production in-house and then did the media buys as well. So like, I literally got to like hand the script off to the videographer and then he'd go run off. And I mean, you're talking like the local car dealers yeah. and the... Yeah. The, the, the law offices and, you know, the real estate agents and stuff like that. So it was. But I would no. bet, tell me if I'm wrong, I would bet that you developed some, you know, mindset, habit, you know, eye for things that you use every day, all day still. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the ability to, I mean, I use that experience now. I mean, I'm an email guy, but I work with the creative team all the time and I can speak their language because yeah. of that, right? And I can go, oh, I need this and I need that. And it needs to be this way and this should be shortened and the order should be like this and, you know, and stuff like that. And I mean, the number of, I mean, literally writing in a commercial and then clicking the stopwatch and reading it out loud slowly so that it could work in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then going, wait, I don't want to kill my voiceover artist. So let's cut this and cut that and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, doing layouts for print. And I mean, I've, I'm, God, I feel like I'm, I'm old school in a lot of ways. Like I worked in print and direct mail and, uh, you know, I wrote websites and all this other stuff. So I feel like I've had like email, when I fell into it, like everybody does, like it made sense because I could finally see the results of oh, what I did, right? Like, and direct results, not like, results, yeah. oh, it, you know, we drove 10% more conversions, but it could have been anything, right? It was, no, this email drove this, and this email drove this. And so that's what 
like it clicked the, I'm not a terribly analytical person, but it like clicked to go, oh, I can see what I'm doing and then extrapolate why I think certain things are happening. Right. And then learn from that and, and refine it. Yeah. Next time around, do something slightly different. It, it's interesting that you said you spent time in, 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 in actual like physical media as well because i oh i did press checks and everything man like i went to the printers and was looking at the registrations and going bump up the black and do this and that's not uncommon in the email marketing space for for people who stick with it long enough to say that's the space they're in for them to have done direct marketing or print or something Mm -hmm. like that so and which which is an interesting dilemma for the the field of practice because you know finding a 19 year old (laughs) who's <laughs> done direct marketing, there aren't any, right? I don't know where they're yeah. hiding if there are. Yeah. Because my mailbox like still gets stuff in it, but not much. Well, direct mail is making a comeback, right? Like when I was at Purple, we had we had a huge, I mean, not, I mean, we didn't send to everybody under the face of the sun, but we had a really good, we had really good success with direct mail. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I think especially with like the considered, I mean, God, I, I still go through the, what is it? How many versions of like the local ads, you know, you get like the Val pack, of course, yeah. but then you get like, it was at the hometowner and there's a couple other ones here where you just flip through and go, what are the restaurants or this or that or, or whatever. And I go, these only exist because they still work. Right. That's fair. Yeah. And like, fair. E- and I feel like, you know, email is going to work forever because everyone's like, oh, well, teens don't use it. Well, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, you, you can talk to that really authoritatively because you, you spent some, you spent a, a couple of years at least um, guiding email in the university space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, big, big channel for university, Western Governors University, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, it was interesting. That was like the... <laughs> That's how, that's where I fell into email was, was Western governors. It was, you're writing this stuff. Why don't you just do it? Okay. Right. Um, and that's when I fell in love with like, you know, the building of the programs. Cause I had done, you know, back in high school, done HTML, like basic web, God, the old geo cities days, the angel fire days, right. You know, building to, when you, <laughs> my Microsoft front page with oh, a godsend. You remember okay. that? Remember yeah, yeah. your front page? And then you know, the old days where you'd put like little counters at the bottom to see how many people showed up to your little stupid site. Um, you know, those were the old days. But like those are the like the the little creative things. Like I like to say I know enough of a lot of things to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And but to your point, going back to email, like, yes, very effective channel. The university was a little different at that point because it was like we were driving phone calls. So like the metrics were a little bit harder, but we could tell when certain things went out because phone call volume went up, right? Or, um, you know, if we did the monthly newsletter, applications went up, you know, stuff like that. So like we had moments in time where it's like we had the direct and then the indirect metrics as well. But yeah, it was a huge thing. And then you had to design a program for people who may think about when you think about going back to school people can come to you raising their hand at any point in that decision process. They could be ready to go or they could be like, I'm just thinking about it. I might go back in two years. And so you have to design a flow that covers the whole thing. And so I built this program to go, okay. And I'm hoping to God, 
13 years later, they've rebuilt it. Uh, <laughs> and I think they have. But, you know, it's been a lot of years that it, the if you stayed in each stage of the program for the max amount of time, it was six years of email. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. Like you said, it's that kind of lifespan. Yeah. You're, uh, you're about five, six years away from, from the straight up college deludes as you, as your, your, your kids hit that bracket, but college is an interesting. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And print. My mm-hmm. God, the glossies that show up when you have a college-bound kid. <laughs> it's we had we had a basket, two boys, right? Both both finished with college now, but we had a basket for all of the sorry, the college porno that would show up <laughs> in the mailbox in every campus. Oh, gorgeous and leafy and green and But you know what? Those aren't for the kids, those are for the parents, mm-hmm. which is what's which is what's funny, right? Like mm-hmm. the kids might leaf through it, but it's the it's it's parent porn. <laughs> I I'm actually I'm I'm of a mind at least sample set of two based on based on watching my sons go through their I got them email addresses relatively early on because mm-hmm. I've been in the space. Um, I said you're going to need your own email address. You don't need stuff coming to dad's inbox. We've got them email addresses, and they ignored them. And then as they hit the on ramp college on ramp. And and that age bracket, not, you know, whether someone goes to college isn't necessarily think it does it. That's when email starts to become a gotta do, and yeah, you got to pay attention to it. They they were safe ignoring it and and being on various other digital channels until about seventeen, eighteen, and then all of a sudden it was like, nah, this is part of this is part of that grown up land stuff. Is you get an email address and you got to pay attention to it. Tough. Yeah, I mean, my, my oldest, my youngest has an email address through school but i i think it's literally just a login right like it's yeah. not like they don't use the inbox for that you know my 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 oldest will be 13 in a month and she will use i mean you know teachers will communicate through that through that and i think that teacher communication gets to your point like more email centric and less about like Right now we get like the schools will send us stuff and it's like, here's an email. And then they call five minutes later to go, go check your email, which I <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. the school's an email courier. Got it. Like, Did you get my email? Uh, but, you know, I think that my oldest also has like a personal account that she'll use for like, you know, she's a big Harry Potter person. So it was like Pottermore. And then, um, you know, like my, I think Minecraft and a couple other things, like some of those gaming things she does with her friends. Like, oh, the sign, yeah, the, so like the sign up bracket, if nothing yes. else, right? Oh, yeah. I want to use X. Uh, shoot, I, I want to sign up or I want to sign up and I don't want dad going, why'd you sign up for that? So I need my own email address. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think there's that. And I think they're less inclined to give out phone numbers. Like I know someone's like, give an email or give a phone number. Email does supply a modicum of, control control and a wall yeah yeah exactly you can do that more actively with email which is a benefit and a curse obviously um for marketers but she's also not at an age where marketing appeals right so not yet which is good because no i don't (laughs) just need she doesn't need to get cynical just yet yeah you know we're gonna we're gonna be swimming in the waters of marketing for you know for kind of forever if nothing else (laughs) The business model of so uh, of, of so many digital channels is, you know, ad marketing supported, ad marketing 
centric. So I, you know, I don't see Google rewiring and say, we're going to charge for search. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So we're going to have a yeah. 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 I, 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 I mean, they've talked about Twitter going private, you know, with, with subscriptions. And I, I think if you start there, mm, if you yeah. start with the free model yeah, to get people to pay, especially with the just inundation of like, I don't go on TikTok because I'm already sucked into Instagram now. And I held out on Instagram for a long time, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you're talking about that attention, that, yeah. Yeah. that, that attention space. And I remember when, you know, Gmail tabs became a thing and everybody was freaking out. And then, you know, the, the smarter people in the space are like, just give it a minute. People will go and figure out how they want to use the inbox. And promotions tab is not a bad thing. If people go there, they're in the mood to shop. Yeah. Yeah. Or deal hunt or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's not, and I, and I think like Instagram is getting close to being unusable because the ads are like, there's a point where the ads are the product and Instagram is getting oh, really? there. Interesting. Yeah. Like it's like the ads are every, like every other thing now or there's some sort of sponsored post. And I go, no, I came here to see what the people I follow do. Yeah. Yeah. If you sprinkle this, that's fine. But if it's every other one, it's yeah. it's becoming unusable. Well, even YouTube has that problem now to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, and, and a five second, you know, got to watch this before. Okay, I get it. You got to pay the bandwidth bill. Fine. But they're getting more insistent on twofers and stuff. It's just like... And at the same time, I think, not to go off on a tangent, but I think YouTube will withstand that because there's content of value for my attention there, right? I got a, got a thing that my son and I need to do with his van. And we found this amazing, do this, do this, that cable, that tutorial on YouTube that's a mechanic shot. It's like, I'll watch a commercial. This guy's, yeah. this guy's gonna save our bacon on this particular challenge. Of course, I'll watch the commercial. I'm not gonna consciously do anything with it. It's just gonna go in one ear and out the other. But okie dokie, we'll do that. Um, and email has not. I know there are companies in the email advertising business, uh, without any names, but I rarely get an email where the email. Where, where there's something asking for attention, like off topic, you know, sp sponsored by a completely separate company, pretty rare in my inbox. You? Yeah, I would say it, that would be a miss, right? Like it would be like, it needs to be targeted in that way. Like if I was ever to go down that route as an advertiser to buy space and something yeah. else, like I don't want it to be out of left field. Like I, I don't need, you know, car parts and then i'm selling them you know ice cream you know like i mean that although on a hot day you might want ice cream but but you know what i'm trying to say like it needs to be like why would a car parts place advertise for ice cream you know it could i i agree i agree with you and and given what we said what you said earlier about the real yeah. cost of an email program it'd be like do it yourself to your actual customers but yeah i, I subscribe for a variety of reasons i i, I get a couple of emails every hot freaking day about um, intellectual property law and they have ads in them. 
And the ads are the most orthogonal and stupid things at times. I'm like, why is there a bikini next to that article about patents? I don't understand. <laughs> this makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just blast it in there. Like, and I don't think it, that's not email marketing. That's like using the channel for a completely miss purpose in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? The thing about email is that you're wrong a lot. Hmm. Let's put it that way. Like when you test things, like maybe those ads work. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And we're completely wrong. Someone's paying. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And that, that's the, I, you know, people ask me like, well, what, what would you say, you know, if you wanted to get an email, what, you know, what, what's one thing you would say? I'd say one, you need patience <laughs> and two, you need to be willing to be wrong. That's good. Because 90% of the time your test is going to fail or be flat. Yeah. And 10% of the time you might get a win. Maybe. Wow. Wow. In the history of my, my, in the history of my testing where it was, especially those little incremental things like, oh, we're going to test this color versus this color. Like I have rarely gotten something just so great. Like, oh my God, purple beat blue by 35% in a statistically significant, like there's no way. Like it just doesn't, like people think that that's where the testing is. You're not going to win. That's when you do testing so you can tell your boss you're testing. <laughs> and subject lines often are the same way. Yeah. Like, in, in my experience. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's said. like, I think about like, we've done work with some of the AI groups out I've, in, not in my current life, but in previous lives I've done that. And I just went, maybe mm. we'll see. And the only times that we got statistically significant results were actually when randomly that campaign got into the Google uh, updates tab instead of promotions. And, and we knew whenever we hit updates, open rates were twice as good. Interesting. Despite what you said about the promotions tab. Right. Yeah. It, Conversion wasn't any better. Conversion wasn't any better. Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Conversion wasn't any better, but we're like, oh, we must have hit updates for this one, but not the B version. Weird. You know, like it yeah. was, yeah. it was very strange. So, I mean, but that's, and then the patients to have to run that for a while, right? Like in some cases, like you have to run tests for like two months or, you know, a month or at least like somebody goes, oh, you just send one campaign. You've learned something. No, you've learned what that campaign did on Monday the 5th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Glad to hear. Glad to hear someone with your experience say it because that, that it, it doesn't seem like you get to move the ball a hundred yards with anyone. No, throw. rarely. Like it, if the only times you do are when it's a slam dunk, like I've done it where when I was at purple, we had, they released for the, the purple pillow, they released like an insert to make it taller. And so they went, we should mail this to everyone. And I went, no, we should mail it just to the people who bought it before. <laughs> and it killed. It just killed. Yeah. You're like, wow. I'm like, that was a no-brainer. That was low-hanging fruit. Like, those are the things you'll win with. And those are things you hang your hat on. And then you got to do the hard work after that. Well, and you had done the hard work to be in the, you know, to be in the conversation to say, no. <laughs> no, no, no. We target people these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... But I've also found in my years that what seems like common sense to me isn't. Mm. And I think it just comes with experience. And I, I think anyone who's had experience of any length of time in any field, that I kind of feel like that's the same way. Like maybe that's part of the imposter syndrome where you're like, 
Isn't this obvious? Doesn't everybody? Isn't this obvious? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's no, no, I, I, I shortened that. And I think I, I think I said it so many times. My kids smack me if I say it, but I said, common sense isn't. Yeah. It's just yeah. not. Right? It's not. It's very valuable. So when you earn it in a particular field, like, yeah, that's actually why you hire someone in that field. It's like they, they think this is all obvious, right? And <laughs> aside. You'd said, you'd said something earlier. I wanted to hook back to about that, that the sign up, you know, the, the sign up role of, of an email address. And among the many reasons why I, I snort coffee through my nose when I see yet another article saying email is going to die is like, mm, no, it's not because it's the de facto sign up mechanism, most common sign up mechanism by a long margin. And, yeah. and, and if nothing else. You, you build a new system, you know, build SaaS, multiple SaaS platforms. So you're like, well, how should we have people sign up? And you know what? You're going to end up on email and password, no matter what other stuff you stick in the way. You're going to end up with that. Why? Because it's just how stuff works, right? They're in control yeah. of that address and a zillion other reasons. And the day someone says, we need your text or you can't sign up for our service, it'll be like, lost customer. Too bad. <laughs> right? Not going to sign up. Well, and I, I think about like they, they've made a lot, and I think Apple's pushing this way, the, the whole like password-free world that we're apparently pushing toward, right? We'll see. But you have to have an underlayer. You have to, it has to, yes. there has to be a layer of yes. some sort of security slash whatever. You know, you have to have an email address or phone number, could be either one. But, you know, I'll give you phone number. A lot of people, you know, a lot of other places in the world don't have computers, they have phones. Um, but even then they likely have email addresses to some extent. Um, and then a password that, yeah, you may not need to have the password all the time, but there needs to have, there needs to be some sort of encryption, some sort of, you know, login element to it. Some, right. Yes. It's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So you touched on it. Let's go there. I'm it, 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 it seems to me looking from the lens of the email space, that as the as the intimacy of the smartphone has settled down, and there's really two companies that matter in that device space, that they're now starting to to sort of duke it out for making that thing such a fundamental key to your life. Apple's pass pass something I forget what it's called is an example of that. Apple's yeah. gonna, Apple would say, well, look, you're going to have this thing in your pocket, it's actually better than passwords because you're going to have this in your pocket. I'm like, yeah, but that means Apple's actually in control of my login to everything, not me. And that kind of ticks me off. I don't want yeah. that. Right? He said maintaining X hundreds or thousands of passwords voluntarily, right? Will I keep doing that? I probably will, but I suspect people might migrate to that because of the device in the pocket phenomenon. And I see the same device in pocket who controls that device layer. I see that as mattering in the email space. I, I posted about this a while back, like Gmail's market share of inboxes plus 66% at this point, right? Why? In part because of their footprint in the pocket. Yeah. And, and be, because they, they, um, because they've got a device that's with you all the time. They can start making moves that'll matter 10 years down the line. And it's really Apple v. Google at that layer right now. Well, and I think that's interesting, right? Because the, you know, the, 
everyone assumes Apple has this giant majority in the, the smartphone space, right? And that's just not true. Just in, I mean, in the U.S., uh, you know, slight. A slight majority, but or Android owns overseas, right? Like and Android there. So you have Gmail and, and you have to have a Gmail address. Imagine that to have an Android phone. So, yeah. um, you know, Gmail is better than Apple Mail. Agreed. And I say that as someone who has an iPhone <laughs> and I don't use the Apple Mail, like yeah. anything. So like, I mean, my work email doesn't go through it. My personal yeah. Gmail doesn't go through it. Like, <laughs> so, and I might be weird. Email. You said I might be weird. Email. <laughs> um, God, I've had Gmail since 2004, you know? So it's, and I, I don't use the first email address I have because the one thing I hate about Gmail is that they don't respect periods. Um, like, you know, Scott, I have scott.cohen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And you can have anything with that and I'll get the email. I've gotten emails for people in New York. I've gotten legal contracts. I've gotten like all sorts of stuff. And I usually go like, uh, wrong person, wrong person. This looks important. Um, but yeah, it's the, the battle for the inbox is, is, is interesting. I have, I still have a Hotmail account and I only use it for Amazon because I had Hotmail and Amazon free Gmail. And I just never moved it over. And I, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Well, it's a good, ed and it's good education in a particular field to still have a Hotmail account, right? Watch, yeah. Watch what it, it, does it blow your doors that nobody has played an effective game of catch up ball with Gmail? Kind of, it kind of, like, kind of baffles me. Does no one else see the utility value of that? Wow. Mark, yeah. I, Yahoo. None of them does. Well, I think it's also ridiculous that nobody's come up with a standard for rendering, like any semblance of a standard for rendering. You mean email rendering? Yeah. Like email, <laughs> like it's, and yeah, <laughs> you know, for all these, all these guys that come out and say, we're all about the customer, like, could you make it look good mm -hmm. so that it's usable? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And no, yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. And we got to look in the mirror and say, and there's not enough of an industry body in the email space to come up with a committee to come up with a standard and say, all you guys use this, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not going to happen. Email HTML is going to suck probably for the rest of our lives. Yeah. It's always fun when you show email code to a web developer and their head just goes, Boing, yeah, head yeah. explodes. I haven't seen yeah. tables since I was a kid, right? Yep. Just something like that. Can you guys use this? Nope. Can you use this? Nope. Can you use this? Nope. <laughs> it's why not? Because we have to have it make sure it renders in Microsoft Word for Outlook. Right. And Outlook has gotten better. Has I it? will say that. Yeah. It's gotten better. Um, it's especially on mobile. Like I have mine in dark mode because I'm like, I need one in dark mode just to like yeah. I personally. Yeah. It's funny. Like I'm mostly light mode, but Twitter I'm dark mode and Outlook I'm dark mode. Huh. But on my phone, everything else is light mode. I don't know why. Um, maybe because I'm doom scrolling on Twitter at night, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it's always, it's hard to remove your marketer hat from your user hat. Mm. Like, like I, I will never be a normal customer ever again. Right. Like we can't be. Yeah, that's fair. So that's why I think, what is it? When my copywriter days, I read, uh, you know, David Ogilvie on advertising and stuff like that. And he said, you know, your customer's not an idiot. She's your wife. 
And so like my, I use my wife all the time. Like, what would you think of this? And even then, like just through osmosis, I think she's gotten a little bit more marketing savvy over the yeah. however many years I've been doing this. So, yeah. yeah. but I still go like, what do you think about this? And she's like, oh, that's terrible. And then, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's a, it's good to have that like outside view on things. Well, so we've, we've agreed somewhat implicitly that there are some aspects about emails that aren't going to change, HTML, right. et cetera. What is going to change? What's, what's some of the future hold? What do you think? You know, I've been giving this a lot of thought and the honest answer is I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like, like broad terms, right? Um, you know, I, I think that it's going to, and I would say this isn't changing necessarily, but it'll only get like, it will change, but only for the worse, right? Is I think that it'll can, the inbox will continue to be more crowded. That as much as, you know, the channel's been told that it's dying for years, which is, I think at this point, one, it's wrong. And two, I should probably stop saying anything about it. Like Amazon, for example, just came out. And they're, they're going to start for their merchants. They're going to start allowing them a limited set of emails to send out to the customers they have through Amazon. Cause Amazon's a black box, right? So like in my current world, we have our oral care line that we have our direct. And then there's like the Amazon store mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we don't know this. We don't know the mesh point of, you know, customers who get our emails and go to Amazon. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think one. Amazon has a crap ton of merchants. So it's, it's good for the merchants. It may not be good for the customer, but it looks like, and we don't know enough. I mean, this is literally what, a week or two ago that they announced this and I saw the article and it looks like it's like repeat customers, best customers. And there's a third audience and they're, you know, limit there's, they're putting in guardrails. Like you can only mail this group once every 14 days. Um, and I, I would assume that they're building one, they're protecting themselves because if they have to manage yeah. all the deliverability there, that's a nightmare Two, I haven't seen the terms, but I would imagine they'll throw people off in a hurry. Yeah. They'll have to, they'll have to be even, they'll have to be even more, um, I wouldn't say punitive, but strict than like MailChimp, for example. Yeah. So, you know, it's. It'll be interesting to see what happens there, but if you open, and I don't know if there's like a vetting process where you have to be qualified for the program and stuff like that, like, or they're just going to go, Hey, you have these three programs go for 1.5 million merchants or whatever they have on there. Um, it'll be, I know it's still in beta and it's like, we're six months out, I think for, uh, for GA on that, but that'll be interesting to watch because how many people are going to see that as Amazon versus the brand? Right. right. And then even though it's every two weeks, if you've ordered from 150 merchants, it's going to get really interesting. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so that's something to watch. Um, I would say the the political, you know, decision of Gmail and the FEC with, you know, it's not a hundred percent certain how much they're going lax on the rules for political emails, but <laughs> laxer than they already are in terms of filtering. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how, what the impact of that's going to be. The political, the people who are politically active uh -huh. will, right? Yeah. But I don't know how much they just 
grab lists and email people, right? Like just random people, right? Like, I don't know how bad that is yeah. and if that's going to get worse. Like it's not one of those, like, I don't know. I don't know how bad it's going to be, but I know it's going to make it harder, even more, even harder than it is now. I think it's going to cause, and this is true, and it's smart marketing. It's going to cause email marketers to work more closely with other channels within their organization because we talked about that attention economy earlier. Like you're going to have to use other channels to drive action and vice versa, right? Like there should be more of that cross-channel feel. Call and say, did you get my email? Text and say, did you get my email? <laughs> did you see my Instagram ad? Uh, you know, but, but I think about the things that I've bought in the past year that I normally wouldn't have bought have come from paid social, oh. getting my attention. And then I sign up, yeah. get their emails for a bit, get the offers yeah. and convert. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm an email marketer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm acting that way. Yeah. So it's, you know, you know what you're signing up for quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. So it's, um, it, I, I think that there's going to need to be more of that. And, you know, put, putting yourself in a position as an email marketer to, I mean, I did a whole talk on it at the EEC conference about metrics beyond opens and clicks, like, and direct last click attribution because it's crap. It's crap. I mean, it's, it's fair, but it's crap. Um, and so getting how, how you spin up support for other channels and broader campaigns and how you make yourself look good in this just mm. garbled attention economy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, I think it, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. The, um, just a quick side note on the Gmail FEC deal. I, uh, I, I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, wrote, wrote, heard on a discussion about that topic a couple of weeks ago. And I was pleasantly educated, surprised when some of the more deeply technical deliverability folks and some with a real footprint in the political email space said, we looked at the sign up to become a certified whatever sender of political email on Gmail. And the bar is so cotton picking technically high. A, almost nobody's going to qualify. B, if they're doing all that stuff already, they're already in the inbox. So interestingly enough, Google's getting, oh, Ben Thompson would call it a strategy credit. They're going to get the, oh, look, you're, you're playing <laughs> level playing field out there in the world of political emails. But truthfully, if, if they kept the bar that high, they're probably not going to have enough people sign up where it's really that much work. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's, it's probably that's good. good. Yeah, it's probably net good. Well, yeah. it's sort of like Apple when they turned to privacy a few years ago. And it's like, yeah. it's more, more of a strategy credit strategy. than anything else. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It, 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 it's a PR play, right? Like they, if they do this, one, they're keeping, really they're keeping the bar where it should be. But two, they're getting political parties off their asses about it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you want to do this? Just bring, do this, just like everybody else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me throw a different future of email curveball at you, just springing off your, how, the inbox is going to get even busier. Um, I got a text the other day, which is in itself interesting. I got a text from a close friend of mine. She's a, she's a counselor. Like she has nothing to do with tech. Um, would probably say, ah, I don't like that stuff. But she read an article about one of the one of the platforms out there that that it's an AI writer, and she said this kind of bothers me. It seems like cheating that an you know you have to have an AI write your 
letter, article, whatever else. So I went and found an article about uh, Dolly, the the AI art generator, and sent it back. And I said, "Strap on, strap on, my friend. Yeah, it's going to get even noisier. Why? Because the the work of making bad text and bad art is going to get outsourced to silicon, which means we're going to get more of it. Which means the inbox is going to have even more crap in it. Yes." For sure. I mean, yeah. why? <laughs> I've always, people go, why does spam exist? I go, because it works. Because you, yeah. and because it doesn't have big cost. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it works, right? If the cost right. of entry right. was right. high, right. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. Right. And if I've always said, like, if you can send a million emails and get one purchase that covers the cost, you're going to keep sending a million emails. It's, 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 it's so, your inbox, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is the, the double-edged sword of the channel, right? Like we are cost efficient and that's a good thing and a bad thing. So, you know, these AI drivers, you get a lot of these one-person shops. I've been a one-person team before. You know, it's, um, if you don't have to worry about certain pieces of your program, it's just built for you. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't right? You? And so I'm not. And the scary thing is the smart people in the room will go, let me write something and then put it up, put it up against the AI. What happens if the AI, AI starts winning more often than not? And that, and, you know, there are some companies out there that, you know, some of the AI for subject lines and things like that, that that's, you know, that's their, their bailiwick, right? That's what they say. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, what happens if that happens? Oh my God. Like if you're re it's, it's a brilliant play for those companies. If they can prove the, the concept, right. If they can, they can do it. It gets scary because then you're removing limitations and it, again, that removing even more cost. Yes. Channel. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a big that's that that's a big deal. And while it may be, while the whole channel working may be cost efficient, what's always irked me about it will always irk me about it is is actually the it is not attention efficient, right? It treats end user attention as an externality. Oh, it doesn't matter if he's got thirty thousand unread. Uh, matters to me, but oh well. <laughs> but you could, I mean, the cynical side of me goes. You could unsubscribe. Well, well, there's that. But I was just saying that the other side of it is, yes, sometimes all you need is seeing it in the inbox. You don't even open it. You don't click it. You don't do anything. You just go, oh, yeah, I'll go order. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I worked at 1-800-CONTACTS, that happened all the time. People, sure. You know, it's like your bill is due. Oh, I'll go pay my bill. Like yeah. it's, it's, you don't need, you don't necessarily need the active engagement to get what you want. Right, right. And that's why, and that's why, it, it, which is scary because, <laughs> because that makes the whole use case and the whole concept of AI writing like, well, if it just matters being there, then we can just do the work to get you there, right? And that's scary, but it depends on that's. But at the, the other side of it is <laughs> re, the reason that we exist, mm. Matt, you and I exist is because it's not that easy once you get beyond the first layer. Like if all you care about is burn and churn, mm, yeah. then AI is fine. But if you want to get smart, yeah. is AI there? 
I mean, and could, and, you know, AI is getting smarter about segmentation. It's getting smarter about this, but you still have to have somebody that feeds all the stuff in, right. And monitors the output. And I, I mean, I hate to say, you know, the humans will always be needed for that kind of work, but yeah. You know, if you're sitting there as a copywriter going, I can't write the same damn subject lines 35 times, let me <laughs> ask this computer to give me some ideas. It's not a bad thing. True. Yeah. And and the the notion that the notion that AI is a different level of cheating than itself. <laughs> I mean, honestly, come on. What I tr tr side story, but funny. When uh when I've gone through the exercise of of branding various things, company services, whatever else, <laughs> one of my own cheat codes is I think of all the words I can, throw them in a bucket, and then put them down column A and across row one in Excel, and they write a formula that just goes, join them, and then start reading the combinations. And invariably, it's like, son of a gun, I never would have thought to put those two things together, but that's actually kind of compelling. So is that, is that cheating? Is that outsourcing the, yeah, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it is. I think it's, I think, when you use it in place of human capital, mm. that's when, and this is, that's the, I mean, that's the future of the world, right? Like how much is human capital versus technological capital? Yeah, technology. And and that, and that, you know, that percentage is changing every year, which we're not even going to get into the politics of and everything like that, because we don't have seven years to talk about it. <laughs> um, but like, that's, yeah, you know, we talk about like the history of email or the future of email, yeah. you know, that's, it's like how much of it becomes AI driven, like, you know, the CDPs of the world and, you know, what's the over the tech overlap there and how much of that, you know, you know, the CDPs are trying to get, you know, they're whitelisting, you know, SendGrid or Twilio or, or whatever, like they're, you know, they're doing all of that because they know that if they can present somebody with a one-stop solution, they're fine. Right. And then you have the people, there's the philosophical argument of everything in one bucket versus mm -hmm. pick the technology that is experts at what you want them to do separately. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, or in usually most companies are somewhere in between. Um, yeah. I, I just think that's where the future lies is like understanding that the job's going to get harder and it's going to get harder for everybody. I mean, think about how much hit, how much of a hit Facebook took with iOS 14.5 and how much of a hit, really not a hit on email, but you know, the, the mail privacy protection is having an impact, but I think it's, it's forcing marketers to focus on what matters, which is conversion. You know, it, I mean, it, but you, you mentioned the email advertisers, like those guys probably taking a hit. Right, because they were based off of opens and eyeballs, not necessarily conversions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The the bikini the bikini in the uh in the yeah exactly uh, yeah <laughs> right like, so and it's like oh we're getting fifty five percent open right now <laughs> no not really so yeah it's it's an interesting world man it, it really an is world. and and like I my my kids you know they're twelve and eight. And they've never known a world without an iPhone. Right. And they've never, I mean, God, I, you know, the rotary phone is not something, I mean, I'm, well, I'm young enough that rotary phone was mostly aged out by the time 
you know, I was using phones, but I still knew how to use one. <laughs> so, and you still got to do direct mail. And I, I did some, I, Hey, I did direct mail like a year ago. Like it's the direct mail is, is a thing because you find where, I mean, think about email broke through because the mailbox was silly and you could take it anywhere with you, right? Like the, the mobility of email is what had a catch on. Now the inbox is insane. Yeah. So of course your mailbox at home, your outside mailbox, a physical piece, even if you don't use it, I mean, how excited do you get when you get mail? Yeah. I mean, at our age, it's a lot of bills, but you know, it's, it's, it's a little different, but like when I was a kid, yeah. If I got a piece of mail, oh my God. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And that that really hasn't gone away for the stuff I actually want to get. Like, you know, my golf digest and <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, yes, it came. Yeah. And so um or just the sheer volume of Amazon boxes. <laughs> well, totally. And I I I I like, oh, what's in that Amazon box? Because I forgot what the heck. Even though it was probably, you know, one or two days ago, I forgot what the heck it was. Well, and does your wife use your account for Prime? You know what? Oddly enough, we have two separate Prime accounts. Idiotic. But we can't seem to find the discipline to 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 reconcile. <laughs> Let this be the time. Because my wife uses uses mine yeah. for for every time of year except buying my Christmas presents. Yeah. Like she has her own just for that, right? So nine out of 10 times, I have no clue what's yeah, coming yeah. up to the door. Like, what did you order? Oh, I got this. All right. So okay. yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had, I had a, I had a son that flew right out of my head about, uh, about that uh, channel. Let me ask you this question while we, as we, as we head towards wrap up here on, um, you handle, you said you handled text messaging as well. And push. Yeah. Push. Okay. Yeah. We're starting uh, to get in the push. Yep. How are you, as a super experienced email marketer, what's it feel like getting your hand on the knobs for those channels? How different are they? Uh, SMS is really effective. Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I, I kind of knew it, but like that is the classic what you do personally, you should not affect onto other people because I can't stand SMS in terms of a shopping channel, like I hate it, right? Yeah, yeah. But people love it. And so it's really effective. It is the little intricacies of like the number of segments and like how you build them and like the characters and special characters and how like, like SMS is a cost center. Like email is not really a cost center, yeah. right? But SMS is a cost center. So every that's message a message cost. Every message costs and every 160 slash 154 characters costs. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you really get into like testing becomes really interesting. It becomes more about how much do I have to say? Like, you know, the old email, like, oh, only do one CTA and make it short. Like, but you could do what you could do a freaking novel in an email if you wanted to. I mean, have you seen Costco's emails? They don't care. They cut off on Gmail every time I get one. But clearly it works because they keep doing it. I hope. I hope it's not just, you know, they're just throwing stuff out there. But um, but SMS, you could write a novel. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd have to pay <laughs> so much and especially internationally. Like, you know, the things I've learned, like UK is 10 times as expensive as the US. Wow. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. Something like eight to 10 times. I can't remember the exact number, but it's like absurd. And so you find yourself going, do we need two segments? Do we need three segments? Can we do this without an image? Because an image costs four times as much as a regular SMS. Do you need the image or not? Emojis make segments become 70 characters instead of 160 or 154. So, and like special characters like trademarks, you know, stuff like that, like those make a difference in your cost. And so a lot of your testing becomes that becomes segmentation of, do we need these people? It, it's actually, it's almost like email a little bit on steroids in that you have the cost driving a lot of the, you could have the cost driving a lot of the strategy because you go, we want to find where we're most efficient at the least cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, and I really like that and push is we're not there yet. Like we're in the infancy stages. That'll be interesting to see as well, but mm. you know, you'd have to have an app to follow up with that. Right. So that's where, you know, that, that stuff we're building on right now, but SMS is really fascinating because you can sit there and go, we may need one segment for this group. We may need four for this group. It just depends. And then making sure that four segments are actually four segments. <laughs> And, and area code is no longer a reliable predictor of place. So at least. Well, especially if you're using short codes, like most marketers do, it doesn't yeah. really matter. So. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about the customer place. Yeah. Yeah. So no, true. You have very little, uh, they're a cipher, right? They're, they're attended to cipher for yeah. a while. And, and maybe the, one of the cost justifications for that CDP vendor who keeps bugging you is if you tell us if we can actually learn more about these guys then we can you know segment manage etc because we can't just blast at them all the time yeah it's too yeah. hot and pick and expensive and the one and the, yeah the other piece of that is you don't really get engagement metrics right like you could get some clicks you through back-end utms but yeah. the whole it's 98 percent open rate it's like sure they might look at it just to get rid of the bubble, you know, like they aren't actually reading it, right? There's no, but there's no like litmus level, not as far as I know, happy to be proven wrong there. Because um, believe me, I'd want that, don't want those metrics, but like you don't get the reads, you don't get, you get some of the click information. Do they convert in the same session? I don't know, that's where last click becomes kind of that, you know, who knows? So it's, but it is highly effective. And it, I will say that I'm glad I'm actually, I'm intrigued to hear you say that and, and SMS mobile device first. I mean, there may be, you know, geeks like me who look at their messages on their, on their, you know, desktop, but uh, we're, we're not many of us. Right. So it's mobile <laughs> first, it's a lifetime address. I think that matters. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not changing mobile numbers. No, uh, right? not anymore. No, 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 not anymore. Yeah. So the asset, the value of that asset and the relationship pinned to those 10 characters, it's big, it's a big deal, right? If, if, if you say yes for a long time, that's really useful to your business. I subscribed to a couple of, you know, one was golf, one was something else, uh, text messaging, marketing, texting things, just to, just to see what happens. And sure enough, like you said, when the, when the sucker goes up, if nothing else, I make the bubble go away because yeah. it interrupted me. It got, and I always, well, looked. that's the thing, right? Like it's incredibly intrusive. It's incredibly intrusive and yet effective <laughs> for now. Whereas like email. Yeah. Yeah. No, and no, no, but, but like, I think about a test I ran <laughs> where, you know, to, to test costs. Right. And we went, we we've been sending twice a week mm -hmm. and it was like, well, do we need to send twice a week or can we send once a week? And so I carved out a piece and went, 
okay, well, these people get once a week, the rest will get twice a week as normal. Let's see what happens over six weeks. Again, patience, you have to let it run for a while. You got to have enough volume to get statistical significance. And the twice a week was not just double, it was incremental growth. And so I was like, oh, okay then. Now we know that. Now your business can be completely different. Yeah, that's true. Uh, The nature of your business is a big piece of this. Like the, The text about it's always on sale, miraculously. The text about golf stuff, at some point, I'm going to go, oh, frick, how do I unsubscribe, right? Because I'm actually, right, yeah. I, don't, I don't buy that much golf stuff. I'm never going to. But I think that's the, going back to the future and, you know, I get, you know, what, do I, what do I need to think about? Like I get new people who are newish to the industry that ask me questions and I'm happy to do it and love having those conversations. But it's like, there are certain things that I've done strategically over the years that at a high level don't change. You're like, where do you start? You always start with welcome. You always start with whatever your version of abandoned cart is. Like those are the, those are the high touch points. Those are the high, those are the low hanging fruit, right? How you do it changes with every company you work for. Yeah. You know, there's no like prescribed, oh, you do a three email series for this. You do a three email series for that. Like there's no, like that might be a starting point, but then you have to build out. Right. And then, so it's like the thing, the high level things never change, but the ground level things change all the time and it's and it's different and it's different based on every i mean you would think i was agency side for a while i had clients in the same industry they were competitors and their list acted differently oh wow and you would think yeah yeah they would act somewhat the same and they didn't interesting so (laughs) It's see, you just got to dive in and, and, and yeah, that's, it sounds like you're not going to get bored in this space, which is wonderful to hear. You don't get bored in this space. You can't get get bored in this space. Like you just, because there's always going to be, again, there's an offensive lineman. There's always going to be someone coming down the the pipe that wants to knock your program off balance, right? (laughs) That's that's awesome. And I love your, your, your last with the high level, low level. I, uh, that may be the, the, the lead lining notes about this show and, and a good enough to close it. Nice, uh, nice, nice thoughts about the future of email. Thank you. No, thanks. I didn't think I had anything when we started. So Yeah, I, I, I knew you got to suss it out. We'll wrap and let you go do email marketing. My guest has been Scott Cohen. Thank you, Scott. It was wonderful to talk with you about this stuff. Absolutely, Matt. Anytime.